Good morning, everyone. It is Ray from the Teach Better team, and we are live for the Daily Drop-In Show. The Daily Drop-In is a morning show that happens every single morning, Monday through Friday. And we are so fortunate to welcome in guests every single week as we continue to talk shop. We have a good news article today. We have good celebrations for today, so get ready for those holidays. And we also, obviously, will continue our theme that we've been having all week long, which is simply the opportunity that we all have right now to do a self-check and ensure that we are supporting all of our students. We'll be right back here to get into our show this morning. Please go fill up your coffee. I, this morning, I'm drinking tea, and we'll get started for the day. Good morning. I'm loving all the comments this morning. People saying that they're getting up, getting a good workout in. I love this. I warned you, friends. I warned you that we had a brand new face with us this morning. I'm so excited for us to continue to join our PLN. Will you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm so excited to get this interview started. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate it. And to everyone out there, thank you. And good morning. Good morning. Well, my name is Hodge Womack, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Innovative School Tools. And our whole point is to help our schools do more for our children, but without the burnout. That's the whole key for us. Uh, but I just a little bit of background about me. I'm a 20-year veteran educator. I uh, taught, I uh, was assistant principal, principal, as well as an instructional coach uh, in Atlanta Public Schools. I did it for 20 years and saw some things and said, hey, let me try to help even more in a different way. Well, Hodge, I have been connected with you on LinkedIn for a little bit of time and yes. you just kept popping up, like amazing <laughs> thing after amazing thing. And I'm like, okay, what would be the chances I could get this guy up really early in the morning <laughs> and interview him on Daily Drop-In? So I so appreciate that you're popping in this morning. We have been joking with our, our network, the Teach Better family, that this week we are introducing some new faces, getting some new insights some new passion stories. We cannot wait. So I really, really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So fun. You know, for everybody here, don't forget, obviously, this is a live show if you're catching it as we stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. And don't forget also, if you're watching after the fact on the Teach Better Talk podcast or on the YouTube channel, whatever works for you, uh, we still encourage you to participate. So please feel free to throw your questions, your thoughts, your concerns in our show this morning as we get started. You know, obviously, it's Tuesday morning. Are you still located in Atlanta now? Yes, I am. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> oh, I love Atlanta, Georgia. What's the weather like right now? Because I have to tell you, Chicago weather is not so good right now. <laughs> You're absolutely right how cold it is there. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, so I am familiar with the cold there. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely there. Uh, and I went to University of Michigan for grad school, so I definitely know how cold it can get, right? But as fall weather here is real, it's cool. It's kind of, it's cool. We do need a little jacket, something like that, but it's all good. Oh, so good. I have been to Atlanta a few different times. Actually, I brought some students to Atlanta a few oh, different really? times when I was um, with my sixth graders. And I have to tell you, I just have a soft spot 
for that area. What a beautiful city. Yes. Things going on. I mean, who doesn't love a good aquarium? I'm just Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I have to get to Chicago, though. Uh, yeah. I haven't been there since I was a little kid. So I got to come and see. I love museums, things of that nature. So, hey, I would love to see it. I love it. We can show you around. That'd be so easy. Exactly. And the taste, I heard the taste of Chicago is awesome. Oh, there's nothing like the good food here. So your <laughs> journey, you said you were in St. Louis, you went to Michigan, now you're in Atlanta. How did yes. you get some education? Oh, well, first off, my I have a I'm from a family of educators. My grandmother was an educator, my mom, my sister, my brother-in-law, myself, my wife. So we're all educators. Is it like <laughs> it's just in the water? That's just, just in the water, it's in the genes, right? So uh educator, but that's not my initial uh initial route. I was actually going to try to go into uh do business, go into business field, things of that nature. Uh once I arrived at Morehouse, that was my major, but fell in love with history. And I said, oh, I can actually make money doing this. Okay. So, so therefore I said, oh, let me, uh, let's teach it. Let's teach it. So I wanted to, uh, I went to grad school in Michigan, uh, where I have my uh, master's in history of Michigan. And uh, from there I said, let me teach public school. Uh, one, I had my daughter. So I said, ah, let me stop grad school right now. Let's get there and try to make sure that she's okay. Right. So that's what, how I fell into public school. Cause I originally wanted to be a professor. And my whole purpose is to uh, make everyone love history like I do. <laughs> so that's what the whole goal was. So that's how I went about my teaching is to make it passionate, make everybody feel it and love it like I do. I think history is my, okay, so I have a lot of subjects I'm not good at. History might be at the top or it's this, or it's like second to reading, obviously. but there's a lot of reading in history. So I think yes. I struggled to love history. And now as I've gotten older, I've realized, holy cow, this is one of the most important subjects for us to be aware of. Most important and most interesting if it's taught the way history actually plays out. You know what I mean? It's different if I tell you, well, 1776, this happened. 1777, that happened. And 1778, this happened. <laughs> that is not interesting for anybody, including me. And I love it. But it's the way we teach it. It's the actual, actual humanization of it because we let those stories tell the primary sources and things of that nature. You just see the color of life come through. Yeah. Well, so you get into education. You obviously have this passion for history. I have to tell you, I'm not fully sold, but even just with that small clip that you just gave me right now, I'm more sold than I was before. So maybe I'll become a history buff. But then you, you do all these things in education. Now with the work that you're doing, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Ah, great question. Great question. Well, uh, yes, I definitely love history. And as you can see, all of the books behind me. <laughs> so yes, definitely love history but, and education. And the process of educating our children is so very important. Uh, so my goal, a lot of times I see and learn just just in that process of, and we're always learning until we take our last breath, right? So, so we're definitely into learning. So I learn about the learning. How can we do this better? is a, a focus of mine uh, all throughout, right? And just like, how can we teach history better? So the whole point of my work in, in as administrator and support is how can we do this better for our children? So without taking the time that we lose along the way, because unlike any other field, we don't get that time back. We don't get the break back, that 180 days, once that 
day is gone. It is gone. And yet and still we have the test. We have the grades. We have a life that's in our hands. Excuse me, not life, but lives in our hands, generations of lives in our hands. So we don't have the luxury of losing that time. We don't have the luxury of wasting that time with our kids. So how can we do it better in a way that's more impactful so that we can change those lives in future generations because of it? So that's what my whole uh, influence and focus on education. So what does that, how does that translate into my life now? Well, basically I built a platform called Teachers in Touch. My co-founder and I built a platform called Teachers in Touch, which is all about optimizing old workflows. Let me back up. How many of us got into teaching to do paperwork? Uh, Can I see a sign of hands? Can I see it in the chat? If anybody just said, that's what I did. (laughs) So, but yet and still it takes time. How many of us have spent time in our planning time working on attendance plans or working on classroom management or any of those things, calling parents? How many of us have worked on special education uh, paperwork and documentation and meetings and things of that nature? If you have done that, please put a one in the chat. And if you've done that, and if you've done that, then how is that taking away your time? How is that? Is that something that you woke up in the morning and said, yes, I'm jumping up and down for joy to do that? And if not, then that's what we're here about, helping and supporting you in that effort so you can get back to the real core business of teaching and learning. And that's what we do every day is try to support teachers in that way, support schools and principals in those ways so that they can spend less time on red tape and paperwork and more on teaching and learning. Well, I'm excited to dive into that further because for me, I I actually, I feel like that led to some of the frustration throughout the day is as, a, as an educator, right or wrong, this could be a misinterpretation. But for me, it was like, I didn't know that the paperwork would take so much time. I just want to get in with the kids. I just exactly. want to get teaching. I want to prep my next lesson. I want to hang stuff from the ceiling. I want to be <laughs> exactly. off with students fostering relationships. And so you kind of get in this funk of like, really all this paperwork comes with that and I, and sometimes it's for a good reason i'm willing yes. to put in the work of course it's really for the for the best for the students but sometimes it does feel like that rigor memorial you could kind of stuck right absolutely and, and doing absolutely. work that you're like is doing this paperwork leading to something that i'm going to see the fruits of my labor yes. for indeed so, uh, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead Ray. i was gonna say so please tell me what what you guys do um yes. to, foster that. That due process, I mean, this due process is in our constitution. It's something that's good that we need to have. I shouldn't just easily say, oh, you're suspended and you lose 10 days of your life, right? Of school. So I shouldn't be able to just jump to that ex- uh, extreme or you're expelled or things are mislabeled you and things of that nature. So due process is definitely important. And, and it also supports kids uh, because some uh, kids may uh, learn in a different way or may learn at a different pace for whatever reason. And we do need to support the children in doing that way. So I'm definitely down with that work. And I do believe that work is good work. However, it is not what I got into and majored in history for. However, it's not what we did uh, middle school education for. So therefore, why am I, that's not something that is draining, it's, it's sapping. We don't see the benefit. It's not like uh, I complete the paperwork and I see the smile on a child's face, right? Or the light bulb go on across uh, on above the child's head when I complete this paperwork. However, it is so essential. So what we do literally is give people to use the platform in a way to where they are maximizing their time. So what normally takes a teacher five to seven minutes each and every call, each and every piece of paperwork for a hundred kids, we do it in two. So those are the types of things that we do. Okay, wait, now you just blew my mind because this is, I am a fan. 
So it's not so much that you're saying the paperwork isn't the teacher's job no. or the teacher shouldn't be doing it. You're saying I have a skill set and I have a passion. It's not in doing this paperwork. So I'm going to make a I'm going to make a program that makes that paperwork easier, faster, more effective so that right. my teachers can get back to doing the stuff they really really like. Not that taking it off their plate. I'm just making it more effective and efficient. Absolutely. I believe our schools, you're so right, Ray. You hit the nail right on the head. I mean, hey, I need to have you join on my team. <laughs> so that's wonderful. But you're absolutely right. It is something that's essential. We have to do it. And as administrators, be it from Marzano or whatever uh, book that you're reading, it talks about guaranteed time for learning. How can you guarantee this curriculum, making it viable curriculum? Well, part of that is making sure teachers are able to teach it. Part of it is not just, oh, let's not have as many announcements. Uh, let's minimize transitions. We're doing those, which is very important. It's definitely beneficial. However, every single day, your teachers are going in there and still having to spend some of their planning time or the whole hour and a half, if they have an hour and a half, because some people don't even have that, right? So if they do that, now guess what? They're spending that time on something else that's not going to directly so it is indirectly, it's going to help them help students. But at the same time, it's so draining. It's such a, 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 a case, but we have to see it as instructional support. That's the other thing we do. I actually work with principals. I was uh, on with another school and one school in our way of supporting them is looking at the data now and looking at it as leading data versus, oh, just being reactionary to the situation. So we bring that data to the fore and say, hey, is this what you want? Does this align to what your goals are for the year? If it does, then great, let's continue it. If not, how do we um, uh, bridge that gap? Okay, to me though, it just sounds like you were a guy that hated paperwork and data. And so you decided to go into only paperwork and data. So none of us else, none of the rest of us had to suffer. That's what this sounds like. That's right. Let me do it for you. Let teachers in touch do the work so you can teach. Exactly. Unreal. Unreal. That's so funny. All right, friends, we're going to head into our brainstorm bank section where we're going to be able to dive into this content as we continue. Obviously, you know that on Tuesdays, our good news articles and celebrations are our last segment of our Tuesday morning show. So we'll be right back. All right, friends, good morning. Welcome back to Daily Drop-In. We're going to continue this conversation. I'm sorry I'm losing my voice, but I'm going to give you as much energy as I can. Um, as we got started this morning, I, I think it's so funny because this segment is all about pausing this morning and truly leaning into our audience and saying, hey, friends, do you need anything? Brainstorm Bank was created as an intentional moment to just ask if our community needed to brainstorm a topic or needed to debate a question. Um, as we created Daily Drop-In back in March of 2020, we didn't know that we would necessarily have a solution or suggestion that would be the answer to your problem. We wanted to make sure, if nothing else, we were here to be the beginning brainstorm component of that journey. And we continue to want to spend that time every single morning here with you as well as we stream live Monday through Friday for the Daily Drop-In. As we've discussed today, we have a theme uh, this week and our theme this week is perfect So for, for this introduction. It's like we planned this, um, but it's all about supporting all of our students. And, and it's really a broad topic intentionally because we all have an opportunity right now 
at the end of October to kind of take a pulse. Are we understanding what our students need and are we taking steps to really reach all of our learners? The discussion yesterday that I had with Jeff was all about ensuring that you're taking some time to ask your students if they're getting what, they're need, what they need and then how you're going to take steps to respond to those needs can kind of be our focus for the rest of our week. As you reflect on kind of reaching all learners, in the work that you're doing right now, how do you think that those two ideas are connected? Mm, very good point. Very good point. Uh, it, it just, I love the theme. That's a great theme. And I truly believe the best way to support our teachers is to, uh, excuse me, the best way to support our students is to support our teachers. That is the best way. They're in, the, they're in there day in, day out, all day, you know, so that's something that was really, really tremendous. So our hats off to our teachers so that they can actually support our students. And let's, uh, as administrators, I've, uh, as a former administrator, I used to say that uh, the most important person, uh, adult in the building is our teacher. Uh, if you're not uh, a teacher, then you're supporting teachers is the whole point of the adults in the building uh, when it comes to instruction. Uh, but in order to directly answer your question, how are we ensuring that we're uh, supporting all of our students? Well, a lot of times the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? Uh, so we, we reach out to the parent that is the student that is either uh, the most troublesome or the one that's shining the most, right? and just getting all the glow and the shine. But what about that student that is a B student or even an A student, but just a, maybe an introvert or what have you, right? How are we reaching out to that parent? How are we reaching out? Because supporting that child is also engaging the family and supporting the family. How are you reaching out to that parent and saying, hey, your child did X, Y, and Z today, positively? Hey, great job, caught doing good. How are we doing those things to motivate our children to give us even more? Because once you have a motivated learner, then you can teach them anything and sky is the limit when it comes to student achievement. But how are we doing that? How are we tracking that? Oh, I called Ray, but I did not call Hodge's parents. What is going on? How do we do those things? And that's something that we need to definitely do as uh, the instructors and teachers and, and administrators in the building is to see that engaging parents as instructional support for our kids. So those are just some of the things, because you just never know. And especially when you first get a child into the building, just imagine who's the expert of that child at that moment? It's the parent. They know some of the strengths, the weaknesses, boring, what's boring to them or not, what they like to do and what they don't like to do. That information could be used and differentiate your lesson in such a way that it would be amazing for that child to hear his or her name in the lesson itself, or you to pick you pick the topic that that child just loves, is just passionate about, and then they say, "Oh, I get to jump in and shine at that moment." Imagine that child at that point engaged and motivated to come to your class. Well, and you touched on two different topics there that I think are essential for us to dive into. This is such a perfect segue from our discussion yesterday as we continue with this theme. Is not only the idea of intentionally taking moments to celebrate students, not yeah. just the top 5% and the lower yes. 5%, but the students that are that are falling throughout the entire, you know, um, scale in your classroom, yes. but also this option to truly partner with parents, which yes. is essential. Do you Absolutely. have a, a passion for one of those topics more than the other? Or are they so connected that you feel like they just need to continuously be this, this loop of 
getting information from parents, learning about the students, reporting it back to the parents and starting it over again. I totally think there's a there's a loop because it was a it was a teacher that saved me. And I wasn't the, the bottom five, nor was I the top five. I was in sixth grade and Miss Norbert in Lafayette, Louisiana, my sixth grade teacher saved me. She reached out to me and I, she gave me a goal. She said, if you could just stay out of trouble for two weeks. So I was a little bad, but not that bad. But so she says, stay out of trouble for two weeks. I will move you to my gifted classes. I'm like, okay. So I moved I, for two weeks, but I got in trouble the last day. And it was that teacher. It was Miss Norbert that still said, you know what? Okay, I'll still move you over and turn my life around. From that moment, straight A student, from that moment engaged in my own learning, it was that teacher because she did not forget me, did not lose sight of her kid, me. And therefore I am just so, I find it so important that we do that, that we reach out. And it's because of her that she reached out to my parents and started working with me and just saw some things that, hey, oh, he needed some help in X, Y, and Z areas and helped me to get it and brought it to my parents' attention. It was because of that that happened. So I totally believe in both of those areas that we have to do it. Well, so let's focus on that a little more. I think that could be a really wonderful challenge for our Teach Better family. You guys know we love to not only talk shop, but give you a small little challenge for the day that you can keep in the back of your mind as you are juggling a thousand things throughout your day. What small thing can you do right now to truly take an intentional moment to see a child in your classroom? And yes. that could be pausing for 32 seconds, making eye contact and smiling, right? Right. There, there are so many different layers to this, but to your point, finding those ways to celebrate, whether you're reporting to others or just having that moment with the child is going to be a step that will support you in reaching that learner more effectively. Absolutely. And it cuts straight to the chase. It cuts through the, the minutia. It cuts through all of the problems that that child may be facing, facing at that moment because they love you. They will run through a brick wall for you. And because of that, you can take them anywhere. And so, and it's the same with anything. Yes, take the time to recognize the child. Literally, even if it's something small, even if it's, oh, they were bad 10 minutes ago, but for five minutes, they were all were wonderful. Then right there at that moment, celebrate. A specific praise. I'm not saying a gener generic praise or, oh, I'm going to make something up. No, specific praise will help that child. And this is research-based. This is Eric Jensen's work. This is uh, Hattie's work. This is all of those. This is research-based. So I'm not, of course, and also my own experience, it will motivate that child to do what have you. So those are the types of things that we really need to do. And the second thing that you said earlier is having partner parents as partners, a partner and teammate I'm not asking that parent to know calculus. I'm not asking that parent to even know the history. I'm asking that parent to support my effort. And how are they able to support the effort if they're only getting a, a notice once, twice, maybe three times a semester? How are we engaging that parent each and every week in a way to help them help me do the work I need for the child? Because I, as the professional, am doing that real work. So I have a dumb question, but I do promise our network that I'm allowed to ask dumb questions. <laughs> so, no such thing. No such thing. This is like sleepy teacher Tuesday morning question that I, I really am sure it's the silliest thing ever. But, but for the sake of this challenge that we're giving mm -hmm. our network right now, I think this leads in perfectly. Finding an intentional moment today to mm -hmm. see a child, to specifically compliment them. I, that was your phrasing of wanting like that specific intention which is what my question's about. And then having an opportunity to share that with parents, you're sharing a very specific moment, a specific 
acknowledgement that that then the parent is going to be able to see in their child because it was so personalized. I think sometimes it's hard to come up with that specific compliment or that specific um, moment with that child. Rather, it's so much easier to just be like, nice job, you know, which is not specific. But it's so much easier to be like, nice work and, and really nothing more. So can you give me some tactical tips and tricks? Like, how do I make sure that my comments, my compliments, my my data collection and, and seeing the student acknowledgement is specific? Oh, awesome. Awesome question. No, there's no such thing as a dumb question. And that was a great one. In fact, <laughs> there are absolutely dumb questions. <laughs> I say that. But having done this, I think we're on week 11. I'm confident there. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, that specific praise is so important. And you're absolutely right. It's easy just to say nice job. But what can a, how can a child repeat nice job? How can they do that again so they can continue to get nice job? That is, is hard to do. So when you're in that moment, and I literally mean be present in that moment, looking at the child or whatever they're doing or saying and say, hey, that was a great comment. Mm. Now, it's a nice job. If they're in a communication, that's a nice job. But whatever you, whatever sparks you to say nice job, what was that specific thing that said nice job? What was it? And if you can say, oh, he said this, then there it is. That's all you have to do. That's what I'm going to write. Your, your child made a great comment today in class discussion. Okay, so it's not just about building up the child, but as we're talking about reaching all your students, being able to give your students in your classroom as frequently as you can specific feedback that feels good so that they can duplicate it. I love that focus on them being able to reflect back and say, how do I get that compliment again? Absolutely. Oh, they need me to do this. Because if you say, oh, just good job, it could be Good job on taking notes. Good job on staying quiet. Good job on writing with a pencil. Good job on staying in your seat. It's Absolutely. a lot of factors. And and maybe only one of them is the behavior that you want them to duplicate again. Absolutely. And then they repeat it because it's been positively reinforced. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the rule of thumb uh, that research is saying now is that for every one negative feedback, criticism, what have you, we should do at least three positive ones. So if, you, if you're going to say something negative, uh, a critique, then at least one positive. And it's not just for kids, it's for adults as well. There's a whole sandwich philosophy, right? Say something positive, then have the critique, and then have, end with a positive. It's yeah. the same across the board. Well, it's something that we have to just be intentional with our children in doing. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I like what you did here today. In fact, hey, you did a great job on your multiplication facts today, the threes and the fives. But guess what? I need you to work on your nines and twelves. Okay, I work on those things, whatever. You, that's it. And then that's what the parent sees. The parents are going to call and say, hey, child, guess what? I got a message from your parents that you did great on the threes and fives. Wonderful. Everybody's happy, right? And then when you then on the later on that week or what have you say, hey, I need you to work on your nines and twelves. Then guess what that parent is saying? Hey, you know your teacher loves you. Let's work on those nines and twelves this weekend. Mm-hmm. Then nines and twelves are worked on in the weekend. And guess what happens on Monday or next week for the quiz? the nines and 12 are now also in better. So it improves student achievement in that way as well as build that kid up. Well, and sometimes having those like little, I don't know what's called them, equations in our heads yes. can help us do it more frequently because we know we're doing it correctly. So as a teacher, if you're thinking right now, Tuesday morning, it's October 26th, 
right now it's 629 central time 729 eastern time and you're thinking through what small concept can i keep in my brain that i can take from daily drop-in to continue to have a successful day and continue to foster a positive learning environment for my students okay i'm going to start with a positive give some feedback that that is going to allow my students to grow and then i'm going to end with a positive and that is so and, and that idea of giving specific feedback can really allow us those small moments i mean how long did it just take you to give that example of a positive an area of growth and a positive like 30 seconds that's 30 seconds to continue to build relationships with those learners in your classroom absolutely and you may say well that's 30 seconds away from the objective of no 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 actually it is that feedback that's a part of it you do, it, that's just a part of that's that check for understanding to see where they are and you see it okay i'm complimenting that and then giving the growth and then a, and then the positive so it's all a part of actual teaching if they're not learning then you're not what teaching so so therefore by giving that praise there is giving it immediately right then so that's one of the things that then you will notice that re, uh disruptions will decrease and guess what increases times on ta your time on task well if your time on task increases then guess what happens with the mastery of the objective hmm, it's accelerated we they actually mastered it well that's because of the work you put in on this end it gives a major return on your investment I love that little challenge for today. That's so, so good. You know, one thing that I always was weary of early in my career was parent conversations. I feel like I went from one end of the spectrum of my career to the other because early on, parents were the death of me. I didn't want to look at them, talk to them, be around them, nothing. They scared the bejeebers out of me. And then I really found an opportunity to transition and say, no, 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 no. These are some of the best assets that I have in my in my field. And so as you're talking about communication with parents being an essential component of reaching our students, you know, regardless of what level they're at, um, I think that's a wonderful reminder as we continue to think about all the things we can do as teachers. Sometimes the things Absolutely. that you can do as teachers is to open the door to have others bring in their insight. Absolutely. And and that's wonderful. And and, and you're so right about um, that fear, right? I had that same fear, you know, because it's not like when I went to a, a school for the for the certification side, it's not like I learned that. It's not like they said, hey, parent uh, parent engagement, do it. This is a great thing. That's not what they taught us as far as the middle school strategies. That's not what was in the child development the psychology class, right? However, we learned it on the job. And that's where we missed out on so much of an opportunity to gain a partner in the education process mm -hmm. so early on, so much less of an uphill battle when we have that partner pushing with us. And, and I just seen so much success out of it. So I, I'm like, hey, I embrace it, love it, and say, please come on in. I do have to say, parents always spooked me. I, I was always nervous that I was going to get caught in a conversation that I wasn't going to be able to be successful in, which is why I really needed to grow into feeling confident with my work. And, and I think that some of those small suggestions, like a specific compliment to a student is then that piece that you can take into that phone call with a parent. I think that Absolutely. is such a, we can all do that friends. It doesn't need to be some big, some big production. No. I will say though, sometimes the, the issue with parent communication for me was not only my fear, but it was having time. And it seems like the work that you've chosen to get into an in education, um, allows me to to not spend so much time on 
on, on paperwork or other things. Yes. And I can then spend the time taking the phone calls, sending the emails and doing all that. So Absolutely. the work that you're doing is actually giving me the gift of time to foster those relationships more effectively. Absolutely. Our schools are so inefficient in so many ways, right? <laughs> you know? Thankfully, we're not still doing the memory graph sheets and papers and things of that nature, thankfully, right? But we're doing so many other things that are just inefficient that was still 1990s and 1980s, right? <laughs> Before uh, technology became what it is and so ubiquitous. Uh, so we now have these tools and where we're able to do those things in a fast way. But because unlike um, other, well, actually, if it's not documented in our field, if it's not documented, it didn't happen, right? So part of contacting a parent is not just calling a parent and hanging up, it's also the documentation afterwards is also then being able to access and locate that documentation later on for a meeting, an SST meeting, or if you do have to fail a child to support that F that you're trying to give, right? Or that they earn. So how quickly does that take? How long does that take if I'm scrolling through my phone, trying to find, scrolling through my email, throw, scrolling through that app and this app and that app to try to find it? When I can quickly do it all in one or two minutes. Those, that's what we're trying to do. And what we've done is made it easier in that way. And we made it to where we have some messages that are already there for you that it doesn't, uh, um, it's not as difficult for you to do and we have to remember constantly. So we go ahead and do those things for you. So therefore, when you just say, oh, I saw that good thing, select the, the parent's number, send. Select the message and send. And it documents automatically for you. Mm. Gosh, I'm, I'm such a nerd for efficiency. I'm such yes. a nerd. You and me both, right? <laughs> so if you could give um, maybe like a challenge or, mm -hmm. or a call to action, a thought, one final piece for our Teach Better community here that, that's popping in for Daily Drop and whether they're here with us live or after the fact listening to this on the podcast, what would be one thing you'd want them to consider? Awesome. I have two things I want you to consider. One, let's contact your at least 25% of your parents this week and each and every week. 25% of your parents this week and each and every week. So by the end of the month, you would have gotten to all 100, all 100% of your parents, right? So let's do that. That's one. The second thing is this. Let's give some praise, specific praise to each child throughout the month. So 25% contact, at least 25% praise for each, of the, uh, for each and every week. So by the end of the month, you would have specifically praised at least at least one child, every child, at least one time. Hmm. So really, really good. Really simple too. We can all take that down and, and write that in our calendars, block out some time to get that done. I'm looking at the, at the calendar right now. We're at the end of October. If you're in the U S that means you're getting this done before Thanksgiving, which That's is a right. perfect challenge. This is okay from right now until we all head on Thanksgiving break, whatever that looks like, depending on where you're located. Um, that will allow you to say, okay, I'm going to take on this challenge and see where I get. And the reality is, is that even if you only get 75% of the way through, it's farther than you had before. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. I mean, truly, if you're looking at your days and your weeks and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't take on that challenge. I have this hurdle and I'm out of school this whole week. And then I have a suit that was quarantined and I didn't get to see him for 14 days. And, oh, I wasn't able to accomplish my challenge. Guys, take a second. If you took on this challenge and even did half, you'd be in a better boat. Better That's right. Boat. Yeah. That's okay. a good idea. You're absolutely right. So don't don't be like, oh, I can't do it. Nope. Love it. Be where you are. Celebrate where you are. And then, hey, 
we can start the next month. Oh, I love this challenge. So, so important. Those two things go together very, very well. So I love this focus. We are going to transition here into our good news for the day, the holidays for the day. I'm, I really love to celebrate. So that's what we're going to get into here. Nice. And then we'll be right back. All right, friends, we're into our good news segment. Tell me, do you love a good holiday? Yes, I do. <laughs> love a good holiday. We like to celebrate, um, obviously, the big ones, but also the ridiculous holidays that people make up. And it's always fun to be able to see what our holidays look like for the day. So we have a few holidays that we'll be celebrating. One, it's Australian National Day. So why not go, go celebrate our Australia friends? Uh, it's also National Chicken Fried Steak Day. Have you ever had a chicken mm. fried steak? I love chicken. I, well, when I ate chicken, I loved it. Oh, chicken fried yes. steak. Yes. We can, all, we can all go get one of those today for lunch. Super yes, it's good. good. Yes. With That's gravy also, on top. <laughs> this one I don't know that I like. I'm going to need you to sell me on this or maybe we'll agree. Uh -huh. National Mince Meat Day. Mm, that's I don't, I, I can't help you on that one, Ray. Yeah, I don't think that that's my holiday, to be honest. But maybe in the comments, you guys can throw this in, or if you're listening to this after the fact, you can DM me. I don't know that I've had good minced meat. I don't think that that... Mm -mm. It does yeah. say that the recipe is more than 500 years old. So if you are enjoying that delicacy today, um, congratulations, you're impacting history. You're a part of history. <laughs> um, this one is no surprise, although I feel like this is on the wrong day. Um, but today is National Pumpkin Day. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would have that was later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I've, I've learned some things, some new things today. I love it. The last thing, uh, is, which is obviously the most important holiday of today, and I, I, I really want to encourage our Teach Better family to celebrate this. This is a perfect activity to do with your middle school students, elementary students. I'm not sure you could get a high school student to do this, but I'm going to challenge it anyway. It is. <laughs> I'm sure your favorite holiday, worldwide, Howl at the Moon Night. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. Speaking of Howling at the Moon, we have a good news story with pets and dogs. You guys know me. I, I love a good puppy story. And so we're folding that into brighten our day as we kind of uh, close out our daily drop-in show here. Um, I saw this one. This was in People Magazine. I'm not sure if you heard the story. But I thought it was cute. So we can kind of dive into this. And then we'll also discuss how maybe you can bring this into your classroom. But the title here says, Bear the hero dog who saved koalas from Australia's wildfire was honored with an award. So Bear, who is a six-year-old Australian uh, puppy, found and helped save over 100 injured koalas that were caught in the wildfires that they were experiencing uh, earlier in 2020. And so they came together after this whole experience almost a, over a year ago and actually gave the puppy an incredible award that they were able to be such a such a big help, really, truly be a monumental part of saving the animal in the animals in the, the wildfire. So as you think through this story, I would love to hear your thoughts. How do you bring this into the classroom? What are what are kind of some topics we can focus on? Maybe 
maybe with your history focus, you're going to come up with a different idea than me. Well, I, I definitely, I, I'm a dog person, even though I don't have any. I have, I'm a dog person, raised dogs and things of that nature. And then also I knew about the story. I knew not about Bear, not about Bear in particular, but the whole wildfire and, and the koalas uh, having, uh, having uh, suffering uh, through that wildfire. So yes, I definitely knew about the story. Um, but let's think about how we can incorporate that. Hmm. One, caring. Ooh. We can definitely bring caring into our uh, classroom, caring for one another, caring for others uh, that are not, that don't look like you or who are not you. Those are things that we can definitely bring into our uh, classroom, mm -hmm. be it in the checking in on our students, like we're talking about your theme and supporting, making sure we do self-check and supporting our students. Well, how are we, how are we, the adult, as well as other students, checking in on other students and on each other. That's what we could definitely do in our classrooms each and every day, even if you're online and you're doing some hybrid or something along that line for whatever the case may be, uh, you can literally do that as your sponge. What is your daily check-in? Is it a smiley face, a sad face, or what have you? And with that in mind, you can then operationalize whatever the results are. If the child is a sad face, how are you going to circle back to that child and address and try to build that child up or find out what's going on? Or maybe that's a counselor referral. Maybe we can get the counselor involved in order to address that. But that's how we can definitely involve caring and there and saving the koalas in our uh, daily class routine. Well, and we've talked about this before on the show, and I know when Jed Dearberry was live with us, he kind of alluded to this as well, but we were talking about how sometimes it's easier to talk about challenging concepts when you're just doing it with an animal first, right? That's a very common practice in the elementary classrooms. This is an article. It's a real article in People Magazine. You can pull it up. You're probably going to have some sort of connection, a better connection with a middle school, high school child. And as you're looking at this, you can talk about caring in the sense of, of these animals and then how can you then foster that discussion to be human to human and everything in between. I also think there's some science element here. You could discuss wildfires, you could That's discuss right. the incredible organizations that keep our world safe by combating these wildfires. We could discuss firefighters as a profession here. Uh, we could true. talk about geography for where Australia is on a map. I mean, there is there's some opportunities here to really dissect this article and look at, you know, a, an incredible, positive, heroic story that Absolutely. then can also foster hopefully some deep discussion in the classroom. Absolutely. So. And the reading comprehension, reading and literacy, period, being able to do that is wonderful. So identifying main ideas uh, in it and then the supporting details that go along with it. So those are definitely uh, skills that we can learn and teach in our class, uh, middle school, uh, definitely. Very, very cool. You know, as we wrap up our show today, I'd love to make sure our network can connect with you. I know that I was joking with our community that we're bringing on a bunch of new faces this week and we're doing that with the intention is because we know we wanna bring um, more and more voices to the Teach Better families so we can continue to grow our network, continue Absolutely. to foster different resources and bring different resources into our world to better support our students. So I'd love if you don't mind kind of giving us where can they connect with you? Where can they connect with your team? kind of all that, that good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Ray, and the Teach uh, Better family. Really do appreciate it. Uh, you can reach us at uh, goteachersintouch.com. That is goteachersintouch.com. Also, you can reach us at Teachers in Touch on Facebook and Teachers in Touch One, so on Instagram as well. So you can find us there. And on LinkedIn, we're Innovative School Tools on LinkedIn. So we're definitely there and everywhere. So we look forward to uh, 
engaging with you and helping in any kind of way. That's our whole goal is just to help without the burnout. That's the key because without you teachers, without the educators, where would our society be? And we want to make sure we are supporting you in the Herculean effort that you're dealing with each and every day. And we appreciate you and thank you. Oh, it was so fun being able to chat with you. I so appreciate you getting up bright and early to, to join the Daily Drop-In. For our Teach Better family, please remember today is Tuesday, October 26th. It's going to be the best Tuesday you've ever had. Yes. And it's, and it's in store for you. So you got to get ready. You got to get moving. And you got to go enjoy the incredible day that's going to be ahead of you. Don't forget also that we have our Administrator Mastermind twice this week, twice today, uh, because it's Tuesday. So if you haven't registered for that, you can DM me and I'll get you the link. Otherwise, you can go register at teachbetter.com slash admin mastermind. Or actually, I think the actual link, I apologize, is teachbetter.com slash mastermind. So let us know if you have any questions about that. Also, you know, we'll be back tomorrow morning for a daily drop-in bright and early at 7 a.m. Eastern. We have brain break tomorrow, which you know is going to be full of shenanigans. And then, dun, 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 the big reveal. The big reveal is happening on Wednesday 8.30 Eastern, we'll be streaming just like we are now to release the details of the Teach Better 2022 conference. Yes. And we cannot wait. Date, location, registration, it's going to be the whole kit caboodle. We can't wait. So as you continue to get th uh, moving throughout your day, please let us know if you need anything. I'm thrilled that we were able to add a new friend to our professional learning network. And of course, as always, we hope that you guys enjoy your last few sips of coffee as you head into your day. So thanks so much, guys. We'll see you later. Thank you.